Is anxiety ruining your quality of life? And does it have to be this way? Or are you ready to take back control starting now? Welcome, this is Self-Control, how to build a better life. The podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you deserve to live. You know, I spend a fair bit of time, as I've said before, uh, trolling around on some different Facebook groups for self-help and self-development and social media generally, and maybe just talking to people in your life. I think there, there seems to be a pandemic of anxiety these days. And, you know, when we talk about anxiety, we're really talking about having that nervous system response, that stress response to things that are occurring uh, in our everyday life. And you know, there are, of course, times in life when a little bit of stress and a little bit of anxiety are going to be necessary, right? When you're driving, having a hard conversation, playing sports, athletics, uh, strenuous exercise, all of that is going to induce something of a stress response in us. But uh, when that stress response is leading to things like restlessness, irritability, uh, even disturbing your sleep, you know, worry, um, you know, that can become a real problem. And I'm, I'm no stranger to that myself. Um, I think I'm lucky enough that I have had a pretty low grade or manageable form of anxiety. But I know there are others out there struggling. And like I say, it seems to be a pandemic of anxiety. So I want to offer three things that I have done uh, for myself that has really, really helped me manage my anxiety. And it may be that you require a deeper form of, of, of therapy. Uh, this is not going to be a silver bullet. This is not going to be a dump your meds down the toilet and, and come to the light, come with me. Um, I think these are tools that you need to add or you can add to your toolkit. Uh, if you're doing other things like therapy, like medication, don't stop doing those things that are working for you. So if you're dealing with a manageable form of anxiety or a manageable amount of anxiety, a low-grade anxiety, or there are things that you're doing in your life um, that are also helping with your anxiety, I would say try adopting these, see if they help for you, and of course, let me know. But it's really not fair to us uh, if we are dealing with irritability, uh, the inability to focus, uh, poor concentration, poor sleep, always worrying, you know, Reducing our quality of life, choosing not to go places, do things, see people that we deserve to do. It's not fair to us if we have these negative outcomes in our life to not at least attempt some amount of uh, fighting back against those things that are keeping us from doing what we want to do. All right, so the number one thing that I would suggest to you, this was suggested to me over a year ago and it has rapidly changed the quality of my life. It is mindful control of your breath and I'll just I want to just quickly touch on all these things I, I think you should definitely uh, search through other episodes of this podcast or other resources that go deeper in depth um, but number one is going to be mindful control of breath as as it was explained to me and I later looked at looked into it deeper um, through mindful inhalation inhaling using the diaphragm allowing the diaphragm and the rib cage to expand and then pushing with the diaphragm and as often as possible or when you're dealing with those anxious moments, taking control of the breath, focusing on the breath, right? Like so often when it comes to anxiety, we are flying off in a million different directions at once. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. If you can, in the moment, take control of your breath and focus only on the mechanism of breathing, inhaling, What, what this does, and again, I, I'm if it's not clear by now, I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor, but this 
this mindful control of the breath, this mindful control of the diaphragm stimulates our vagal nerve. And the vagal nerve is a, a gigantic nerve that literally runs from the bottom of our body to the top of our head. That is how we can, in fact, take control of our entire nervous system. When we activate this big nerve, or as it's called, improve the tone of this nerve, and there's where my understanding runs out. Please look into it deeper for yourself. Essentially, we're taking control of our nervous system. So we know that anxiety is a stress response. It's a nervous system response to things that may or may not be a threat. In many cases are not. Here's how we take control of our body and of our mind and of our mindset all at once. Just take control of your breath. Now, I would also add to the taking control of breath would be a form of physical self-control. I notice that at times when I am anxious, when I am stressed out, I am holding that tension physically in my body. Uh, I find for myself, I might be wincing. You know, I feel tension on the sides of my face. Could be my jaw, shoulders come up, or a lot of the time I'm poor posture, right? Stooped over. As well, I clench the pelvic floor and I clench the diaphragm. So, when anxiety strikes, do a quick monitoring of your breathing and of your body. Where are you holding tension? Can you shake it out? Can you loosen off those muscles? Can you come home to yourself? Can we, can we not be flying around up here with all the things that we've not done? Can we come home to the body, take control of the breath, and loosen up from the toes all the way up the legs, the hips, the back? animals in the wild when they encounter a stressful situation like you know being chased by a lion and almost eaten once they're safe enough they actually shake their their whole body they shake their limbs to work that cortisol and cortisol is a hormone that our body produces uh, in response to stress it rapidly ages us it does a lot of unfortunate things to us when we have too much of it in that same vein can we take control of our body and just loosen up Okay, the second thing that has really helped my anxiety in the long term and in the short term as well is journaling. I spoke a lot about journaling when I first started this show. I may have to go back to it to sort of refresh myself and, and maybe any new listeners. But the thing about journaling is there's no hard and fast rules. You will develop your style as you go. Perhaps more importantly, we may not think about this, is that the act of sitting down with a pen and a notebook and having to concentrate on writing can itself be a remedy to anxiety. So I would say if, if, you know, if there's a million thoughts going through your mind, there's things that you're ruminating on, there's things that uh, seem to be dragging you down, right? There's, there's things that happen in our daily life that we need to process. It's like, well, when that person said those things to me, I felt this. Or when I failed uh, to do this at work, here's how I felt. A lot of that stuff it doesn't get processed, right? It just goes back into the unconscious, the subconscious, the shadow, whatever. Again, not too interested in psychological terms here or, or what the literature says. I'm speaking to you from the heart here. A lot of what goes on in our life, we don't think about it, frankly. So journaling, on the one hand, it's a chance to concentrate, to link your mind and body through the act of writing. It's also a chance to start getting those thoughts out and thinking those thoughts for what they are. So it's very simple. Get a pen, get a notebook, and just start writing. You know, I've talked about it before. You can log your sleep, your eating, sex, consumption, whatever is important that you think you might want to write about, talk about. What happened today? What happened yesterday? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen? What happened 10 years ago? It doesn't really matter where you start. I like to just write out 
every day as it happened in my mind. But you know, you may want to sit down and say, look, this is going to be my anxiety journal, or this is going to be my relationship journal where I think and talk and write about my relationships with people, whatever that looks like. Start the process of writing, start the process of journaling. Jour is day on Francais avec fromage. Do it as often as possible. I, I find that in the last five years, it has immensely changed how I see myself. And in the moment, I sure find a surge of happiness. Once I get into the zone, I'm writing and then I'm done. It's like, ah, those things that happened during the day that were negative, in a way they've been processed and put where they need to be. And things that were great, moments that I enjoyed, I get to relive them. And I get to relive them in the, in the future when I, when I read about them again. So keep that journal. Do it as often as you can and don't be afraid to go back and read what you were up to a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. Okay, the third point I need to make here on improving anxiety, I need to first say this requires or this involves supplementation, consumption, things that you put inside your body. I have to stop and say, I will never tell anybody what to put in their body or what not to put in their body. I just, I can't do that. I don't believe anybody except maybe a trusted doctor uh, could do that for you. So... Any of these things that I'm about to mention, research them for yourself. Talk to a doctor, you know, get blood work done if you have to, to see where you're at with these things. Don't just do this because some guy on a podcast told you to, but believe me when I say they have changed my life and I would encourage you to at least look into what they are. So number one in that list has got to be hydration, but it's not just guzzling eight liters of water. It's making that decision in the morning to get hydrated and I use an electrolyte mix and there's, you know, there's many of them out there on the market. Um, so we're not just guzzling tap water, it's filtered water with these electrolytes that after eight, nine, 10 or six or four hours of sleeping, your body's in big need of the water, but also the electrolytes. And again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how it works. I know that proper hydration includes electrolytes. We don't want to dilute the electrolyte balance we have in our system. So Proper hydration requires getting those electrolytes. In this electrolyte mix that I use, there's also magnesium. But magnesium is something that I supplement with heavily. And I actually, this was, it spawned this entire episode because I was kind of getting away from regular magnesium supplementation and my anxiety was flying off the charts. Like I could, couldn't even go for a walk without thinking a thousand different thoughts. I couldn't focus, you know, so much of anxiety takes our focus. It takes our concentration. I would be doing one thing and thinking another thing, completely mindless, completely out to lunch in some senses. And so just by chance, I thought, well, I better take some magnesium. I took, I took 2000 milligrams before bed one night, woke up the next day, took another 500 milligrams or perhaps a thousand milligrams that morning. And I have to tell you, I, I was like a different person within, within 12 hours. So magnesium, Again, the research on magnesium's role in anxiety is fairly limited. It's still evolving. It's nothing is certain. Of course, that's how science is, right? Nothing's certain. But we can say that magnesium, for one, it helps with the regulation of neurotransmitters like serotonin, which greatly affects our mood, right? So consuming magnesium can help you improve your mood generally. Now, magnesium also helps on the other side of things in that it modulates our stress response. And this maybe is more important. Magnesium can help in the sort of regulation or the reduction in how much cortisol gets 
uh, deployed in a, in a stress response. So again, I, I'm speaking way out of my depth here. This is just stuff that chat GPT told me, but I want to share it with you. Cortisol is the hormone that our body produces in relation to stress. It makes us feel stress. It makes us feel ill uh, when we get too much of it and after the stress response has passed and it, it ages us. So we really want to be careful with how much cortisol is pumping through our veins at any given time. Magnesium allegedly can help with this. I would definitely say that magnesium has improved my well-being. And magnesium comes in many forms. It's an element, right? So you can get it in capsules, powders, drinks, whatever. Look into it for yourself. See if it's right for you. I would be surprised if it wasn't. But again, don't take my word for it only. Lastly, I should say about magnesium, it is a muscle relaxant. So much of anxiety becomes physical we're holding it in our body, we're holding it in our frame. Magnesium, in fact, can help relax the muscles. And, you know, so often, as I've discovered with neck pain and neck stiffness, it's because of the muscles around the neck. So, as they say, <laughs> the knee bone is connected to the thigh bone or whatever, where it's all one chain, one frame, and we deserve to not feel imprisoned in that frame, right? We deserve to have looseness and flow within our body. Magnesium, allegedly, can help with that. Okay, two more supplements I'll just mention quickly, ashwagandha and shilajit. These are what they call Ayurvedic, meaning they come from Eastern or Indian uh, medicine. Again, don't be taking things because someone on a podcast told you to, but consider them for yourself. Shilajit, S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T, and ashwagandha, which I'm not going to attempt to spell, but A-S-H, there's a W in there. You can probably Google it. They're adaptogens, which means simply that they help the body adapt to stress. And what have we been saying all along here is that anxiety is a stress response. Like we're always going to have stress in our life. And this is why I'm somewhat skeptical about taking medication for mental conditions myself. I'm fortunate that no mental condition has ever overcome me to the point where I felt like medication was necessary. But I don't love the idea of popping a pill and saying problem solved. And I know a lot of people out there, they're not doing it. They're using medication as a part of their routine, a part of their uh, self-care, a part of their journey. There's no judgment here if you're taking medication. I mean, I, I'm talking about supplements and in a sense, they're natural, but in a sense, I'm also saying I can take this and it helps. I don't know how it works. I just put it in my mouth. But I really do believe that a certain amount of stress management, anxiety management, it has to be mindful day to day, right? It's not just pop this pill and problem solved. It's getting up in the morning saying, you know, I know I'm going to deal with anxiety today. I know that there are things in life that will stress me out as they should. Through stress, we grow. The stress comes into our life. It is our role. It is our duty in a sense to mindfully day to day, uh, take active control. And that's what I hope this podcast episode will inspire you to do. So when it comes to shilajit and ashwagandha, shilajit is like a, it's a dark, thick, black resin that you would stir into tea or milk or water. And ashwagandha is a herb that you can take in capsules. Now, both of these things I found I should, I need to, I take them, but then I cycle off them. So if I take them for three months, I'm going to take, you know, two, three months off them as well to rebuild that, um, tolerance. Shilajit is, is, is incredible and it doesn't take much. It's this little black resin. You stir it into your, to your drink 
energy has improved for me. Mood has improved. Focus, cognition, my my ability to speak. You know, I'm actually, I had some shilajit this morning. I haven't had any solid food yet. And I'm really feeling the energy. I'm feeling the ability to speak. I'm feeling a calmness about myself. And with ashwagandha, there's really nothing like it for that cortisol reduction, at least in a natural product. So again, ashwagandha, it's reducing that cortisol production in your body and it's going to bring a calm and a well-being. Now, I did see on Twitter once, and who knows how true this could be, but prolonged, unbroken use of ashwagandha can almost be somewhat detrimental in that you become a little bit too <laughs> unbothered by things. So again, when you're taking any of these things, you do want to cycle off of them and uh, of course monitor yourself and, and how they're affecting you. But ashwagandha, again, it just brings such a sense of well-being. And for the men, for the fellas listening to this, for the people with functioning testicles and a testosterone system, both these, shilajit and ashwagandha, have the wonderful benefit of improving male fertility and uh, male male testosterone production. I can't tell you enough that both shilajit and ashwagandha have, I felt the boost in my virility, in my vitality, in my energy, in what it means to be a man. So, and that that in itself is is a is a way to fight back against anxiety, especially for the for the males. Okay, so I'm going to leave it there. Three things that I have done to really fight back against my anxiety. And again, it's not uh, it's not a, a silver bullet. It's something that we do daily. It's something that we go to battle with in a sense. It's something that we, it's a challenge that we take on every day to mindfully say, I'm going to have anxiety. So I'm going to work on my breath. I'm going to work on my physical self-control coming home to myself. I know I need to sit down and journal. I need to concentrate. I need to process the things that have happened today. And there are things that I can put into my body that I trust magnesium, shilajit, and ashwagandha. All of these things have allowed me to continue the fight against my anxiety. I hope that you will uh, consider these for yourself. Of course, do your own research. I assume zero liability for what you're putting in your body. Please look into these things. Talk to people you trust about these things. But when it comes to breathing and journaling, start tonight. Start tonight and tell me it doesn't make a difference. So, And of course, do tell me. Uh, not too many of you have taken me up on this offer. My Facebook profile is linked in the show notes to this episode. Send me a message, send me a post, send me a send me a thumbs up if you're listening. I would love to hear from you. And until we do speak again, which will be very soon, please remember that better is possible. <laughs>